Flyers Daily with Jason Mertidis. All right, here we go. It's a brand-new Flyers Daily for the 25th of January. As the Flyers coming off an overtime loss against the Los Angeles Kings. 4-3 is the final. Flyers got shot in the game 38-31. One of those rare games where Carter Hart sees 38 or more shots and doesn't come away with the win. Ultimately, an OT loss. Comes away with a point. Um, Flyers get the opening goal of the game on a bit of a broken play at the blue line where Owen Tippett, Kind of gets tangled with both a Kings player and kind of bumps into one of his own players. But somehow, he comes out as on the other side with the puck and creates a little mini two-on-one. And Owen Tippett's one of those guys that I say, you know, good shooter, just shoot the puck. Don't even think, shoot it. Don't even think about passing. Shoot shoot now, apologize later. On this occasion, he gets his head up, doesn't shoot now. Delivers a perfect pass to James Van Riemsdyk, who pots it right into a wide-open goal. So, right play by Owen Tippett. Don't listen to me, is the other lesson there. Uh, Provorov and Tippett pick up the assist. James Van Riemsdyk picks up his eighth goal of the season. That put the Flyers up 1-0. to nothing. Then they went on the PK, the Flyers did. And Andrzej Kopitar, four seconds into the power play. Looked like a bit of a set play right off the faceoff. Kopitar in the what we'll call the high bumper position, which, as I noticed in the game... Uh, when L.A. was on the power play, and they had enough of them, uh, that they like to have their bumper kind of set up a little bit higher than you would traditionally think. Usually you think of the bumper somewhere maybe as low as the dot, maybe even a little lower sometimes. Uh, But Kopitar on this goal is above the top of the faceoff circle in the bumper position, and he can kind of use that guy on the half wall and read. As that guy moves down, he can move down and kind of yo-yo back and forth not just from a spot standpoint east-west-wise, but from a north-south standpoint, he can move up and back. And uh, he found himself open there, gets the shot, goes in, uh, ties the game at one. Then Wade Allison, after a really nice little play in the neutral zone from Kevin Hayes, where he just redirects a Provorov pass to to, uh, Wade Allison, who can then pick it up in stride and find the lane to the net. Now, Copley makes the original save, and it doesn't even look like the puck is available. It looks like Copley's kind of got it eaten up in his equipment. But Wade Allison stays with it, jars it loose, and then is able to put it by Copley. And that was Wade Allison's seventh goal of the season. That puts the Flyers up 2-1. to one. Hayes and Provorov with the assist. And then Kopitar, after a play on a wraparound uh, from Kempe, is able to find Kopitar in front. He's able to put it by Carter Hart, who maybe a little bit overcommitted on his blocker side when that original play kind of developed. Byfield sends a perfect like seeing eye pass uh, through the seam and that puts Kempe in and around. Harp grabs a lot of ice and he's got a far distance to travel to get back to his net. Gets back uh, but is unable to get all the way to the far side and uh, Kopitar picks up the goal and that ties the game at two. So we head to the second period. Game tied at two. 10-37 in. It's Rasmus Ristolainen. Just a good idea here seeing Morgan Frost coming to his area of the ice to activate and get to an area where he becomes an option. And the great part about it was it didn't seem like the Los Angeles Kings players really followed Risto. And he just kind of puts a nice little backhand in past Copley, gives the Flyers a 3-2 lead. So one nothing Flyers, L.A. answers. 2-1 Flyers, L.A. answers. 3-2 Flyers, L.A. answers again. This time, 18:36 of the period. Flyers uh, fail on a clear out of the D zone. And Samuel uh, Fagamo is able to pick up his second goal of his career. And that gets the game tied at three. We head to the overtime. Flyers have a great rush opportunity up the ice. Scott Lawton 
kind of spins across the middle, gets himself into a great spot to shoot the puck, ends up hitting the post. Uh, Sandheim's there to pound home the rebound. Puck's kind of bouncing. It bounces over a stick and then goes the other way. Two on one, and the Kings end up with the goal. Kevin Fiala picks up his 17th of the season. It's unassisted, and the Flyers go down in overtime. Um, Tony D'Angelo trying to come out from behind the net. You'll hear Torts talk about this in a second. Said that's not a penalty. Got to fight your way through that and get back in the play. Um, it, to me, there, I don't think you're going to get that call in overtime. I think the standard was a little different for each team during the game. For example, Nick Delarier was hauled down, and then about 30 seconds later on the same shift, he hauled a guy down and was called for it. And look, Nick Delarier, the, the, the penalty he took was a penalty, but so was the one prior. So there were some situations like that in the game. Uh, but the Flyers played hard. They played uh, a team that plays really fast, and that's where you're going to hear Torts talking about initially here. Um, and they picked up their pace of play because if you don't against a team that plays really fast, like the Kings did last night, you'll look really slow. And the Flyers didn't look really slow. It was a good competitive hockey game. So let's get to the head coach. Here's John Tortorella, his assessment of the Flyers' 4-3 loss in overtime against the Kings. So much faster than we were. But And this is what I like about the team the past couple of nights. I And I think we found our game, started skating, um, just like the other night, we come back, being down 3 nothing. we just stayed with our game. Um, and I thought we played a good game. I thought we worked our ass off against a really good team. Um, I thought we were going to score there at the end. He makes a great save, and they go down and score. No, no bitches about our game for me. Although you guys were able to tell a bunch of those power plays, from a big picture standpoint, with the tough schedule, does it worry you being shorthanded so much? Yeah, it's too many penalties. Uh, whether we're playing all the games that we have played or not, it's just too many penalties. Uh, I thought our penalty killers did a great job. Uh, other than the quick first one they scored, uh, I thought our guys did a really good job. It Just we kill the penalties, and then we turn, it, turn the puck over. After all the work we did killing the penalties, we turned a puck over and kind of gave him a free one. It seemed like uh, Tony was frustrated on that last play with the lack of a call. Did you see that play? And it's no penalty. No penalty. you got to skate. you got to get back. Talking I, I don't think it's a penalty. Talking about the penalties, you guys have had a lot of penalties in the last few games. Do you feel like it's kind of a mental fatigue thing that you guys are just taking no. those sloppy things? Or no. It just yeah. is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. You mentioned that after some of these penalty kills all the hard work they end up giving the puck back. Why is it, do you feel like that? What's at the root of some of these turnovers? You have to ask the guy that turns it over. It's a really tough question for me to answer. Kind of changing gears on a little more of a positive note. You had Wade Allison score a big goal. Owen Tibbetts sets up a goal with kind of a power move. Those are two guys you want playing power games. Is that exactly what you're looking for from them? Yeah, I come out here. It's all positive for me. You know, it, it sucks we don't get that point, but... The past two games, there's so many good things that I think have gone on with this team. So it is. Uh, I, I like a lot of things about a lot of players, and and within the team itself, I just like how they've handled themselves and not, uh, not losing themselves because things aren't going their way at certain times. I think we've grabbed momentum back. Uh, tonight was, I mean, I. I watched how quick that team played when the game started. I said, man, 
But then I, then I thought we stuck right in there with him, got our legs, and played a really good hockey game. There he is, head coach John Tortorella. You know, likes a lot of things about the way his team played that game last night and likes a lot of the things he's seeing from individual players uh, on his team. I mean, it's been 16 games now where Torts has not changed his lines. That is, that's a stunning run, <laughs> not just for Torts. That's a stunning run just in hockey for four forward lines, basically, to see very little change, maybe a little bit here and there in-game, uh, but never starting a game with, with different line combinations. Same thing with the D-pairs. 16 games is a long stretch of season to not see that change. And you see the pretty balanced use of minutes. Yeah, the fourth line is going to play anywhere between 8 and 12 minutes. But you're going to see your top two lines play north of 18 minutes. And your third line is going to be around 16, 17 minutes, pending power play time, penalty kill time, and if you're on those special teams. Um, Same thing on the blue line. Top two pairs are going to see the bulk of the ice time. Um, so, you know, the, being able to spread the ice time over your group is a big element that, uh, a coach wants, wants to have, and, you know, getting what he's getting out of his fourth line, you know, not taking, um, you know, shifts where they're hemmed in for an entire shift. Patrick Brown, Nick Delarier, and Zach McEwen having played together quite a bit this season, that's been a good benefit for that group of players. And, you know, one of the things I want to visit in this episode is Nick Delarier. Now, we know that he signed that four-year contract uh, as a free agent to the Flyers. I was critical of the contract, too. I thought that was too long. Um, I know that there was a market for Nick Delarier and what he brings to the table. Four years seemed like a little much to me, but Nick Delarier has been here. He's played in 48 games. He's got two goals, five assists, seven points. Um, he kills penalties. He's done a good job there. He has bring it, been a guy that brings the team a good amount of toughness and makes them, uh, you know, a team that there is a fear factor when you play against the Flyers because Nick Delarier is there to make anybody answer to taking runs at skilled players or the big-name players. So I, I have been very, very good with the way Nick Delarier has performed this year. We know that he's a guy and that he's tough, and but he's made some plays too. You know, he's not just a tough guy. You can't be just a tough guy in today's NHL. You have to also be able to play. And maybe him analytically isn't, you know, the greatest player in the NHL, but he does bring some things to the table. Um, He's a guy I know that is very popular in the room as well. And a guy that, you know, his teammates really like him and really like what he brings to the table. And for that, and and the way he has played. I mean, he's a guy that plays hard every night. Like, we love Zach McEwen, too, because of that. You know, yeah, they need skill. You don't need more Zach McEwens or Nick Delariers. But, you know, those guys going out and doing their job is really important. So, you know, Nick Delarier is a guy that there was a lot of criticism heaped at Nick Delarier because of the term of the contract. And again, I was one of those people. I didn't like the four years. I thought that would be hard to move Nick Delarier at the deadline. And maybe it still it does make it that. But what he's brought to the table, I think, has been better than I expected. That's for sure. So just wanted to kind of get that out there. And if anybody's got any thoughts on that, you can always DM me. You can always email me, jason.mertetus, M-Y-R-T-E-T-U-S, at gmail.com. And we're going to kind of go through some of these 
question marks heading into the season, especially over the All-Star break, and kind of see what kind of answers we've gotten so far. Um, So we'll do that as we get closer. Also, tomorrow, on tomorrow's episode, we'll preview Flyers Minnesota, but we'll also have Flyers head coach John Tortorella on tomorrow's edition. So make sure you join us then. Um, So everybody, have a great Wednesday. We'll talk to you tomorrow on a brand new Flyers Daily. It starts with one thing. I don't know why. It doesn't even matter how hard you try. Keep that in mind. I designed this product to explain in due time. All I know. Time is a valuable thing. Watch it fly by as the pendulum swings. Watch it count down to the end of the day. The clock takes life away. It's so unreal. Didn't look out below. Watch the time go right out the window.